Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of 1 Timothy, and we're in the third chapter of 1 Timothy. So let's just go ahead and jump right into there, okay? <laughs> yeah. It says this beginning with verse 1. It is a trustworthy statement. So Paul is continuing his teaching here, Timothy, explaining some things to Timothy about what was going on within the body and what they need to do. And if you remember, we just spent three or four episodes looking at what was happening, particularly with a particular group of women that apparently were being disruptive. Okay, they were putting on quite the fashion show and putting on all these great things, right? Gold, silver, beautiful clothing, beautiful hair. And that apparently some of them were also um, usurping some authority and were teaching and teaching some things that were probably incorrect. It would not surprise me, and there's people who believe this, uh, that these women were uh, the voice, shall we say, of the Judaizers, the ones that we saw in the first chapter that were speaking things of the law and wanted to be teachers of the law, but they didn't know what they were talking about. And so these those folks had probably won some of these ladies over, and in uh, cahoots together, they were causing quite a disruption within the body. Well, now Paul's going to show us what true leadership looks like within the body. So again, it is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. So he talks about that there's a role and a functioning of an overseer, someone who is a, a superintendent, has described one way, an office a visitation is another description that was given. In other words, it's someone who watches over and inspects and takes care of what is happening within a particular situation. And he's saying if a man aspires to the office of overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. There's nothing wrong with aspiring to this. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that the Lord may be calling someone into this. Now, it does say, if a man aspires to the office, okay, if a man aspires to office, <coughs> and there's big debate over this, can a woman be an overseer? Can a woman be uh, uh, in various leadership roles? This is uh, the Episcopal type of word right here in the Greek. And based upon what we've seen so far in the previous chapter, Paul says, no, I don't, I don't allow a woman to exercise authority over a man. And this role and position right here is one that sort of exercises authority. Now, look at what the qualifications are. Verse 2, an overseer then must be, and there's a delineation here. The Lord's given us a lot, like uh, thing by thing by thing by thing. They must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. Well, boy, that one right there often sets people off. So let me just read the whole sentence here in the first three verses. We'll come back and talk about it. The husband of one wife, temperate. Prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. So these are the qualifications of an overseer. 
one that the Lord says it's okay to desire the work of the overseer, but he must be someone like this. And he must be above reproach. Well, what does above reproach mean? You know? Or without approach. Sort of thinking it through, okay? It's not it means that there's someone who has nothing in their life that the adversary can grab a hold of or bring a charge against. Okay? In other words, they've lived a life to where nobody can come and reproach them. Now, it doesn't mean that they're perfect in all ways. Okay? And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have people that will bring false accusations. We see that within the political realm all the time. I mean, at the time of this recording right now, there's a, just a false accusation related to someone who's up for a particular position at the national level. And then out of the blue, there's just this overt, and it's so obvious that it's a lie. And the accusation, and one political party, if you if you if there's an accusation, then they stop everything, and say, "Well, we must examine this because the accusation is what is important." No, it's just a lie. The person making the accusation can't remember the time, the dates, where they were, anything like that, you know. And so you're going to have that kind of thing. But this individual, as a pattern and practice of life, must be above reproach. In other words, and, and let me tell you, folks, this is a problem within the body. I know people that are in leadership roles, not necessarily this overseer role, but they're like in a deacon role or a key leader role in the church. And the businesses that they're involved in and the things that they do are (laughs) reproachable things. Doesn't mean they're not legal. Some of them are legal, but they're not very ethical. And there is a distinction. So this overseer must be above reproach. And it's sort of watered down, uh, uh, I guess is a good word, the respect of the body of Christ in the community because of that. The second qualification, the husband of one wife. Now, immediately people think, well, that means if somebody is divorced, then they don't qualify. That's not what that's saying at all. Okay? Actually, the Greek right here carries the idea that he is a one-woman man. A one-woman man. Now, we're going to see later on, uh, a few verses down, uh, the qualifications for a deacon, and they're quite similar to this. As a matter of fact, they're the same except for one thing, and we'll look at that then. So let me just share this example now. Uh, many, many years ago, boy, right at 40 years ago, I can't believe that, I was uh, at a church, my very first church. I'm still in college, and I was leading the music at the church, a little part-time gig. Uh, nothing's changed, right? And... Um, had just one of the godliest men there. I just love this guy. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of him right now, and I can still remember his name, and I've forgotten most of that kind of stuff, you know. And But he was. He was above reproach, just a great, great guy. And every year, the church would try to get him to operate and function in a leadership role, particularly deacon, and he would turn it down. And the reason was, I didn't know. I finally asked him after a couple of years because he's just a, the most godly man. And he, he was just so grieved. Because when he was 18 years old or so, he had married a young girl. And their marriage lasted like six weeks. Six weeks. And I think she left and they had it annulled, one of those kind of things. But in his mind, that was it. So his marriage has failed. He'd been married to the woman he's married to now for 50 years, you know, for a long time. But in his mind, he was disqualified because of this right here. And that is not at all what is being spoken of. What's being said is they are a one woman man in other words their eyes are not roaming around they're not having flings here and there you know there's a lot of people boy and i know some of them guys who are in church leadership roles and they're very proud of the fact they've been married to the same woman 
you know? Yeah, they qualify for this. They got that biblical qualification. But their wandering eyes and their wandering hands are evident to all. See, it's really an issue of the heart. And so what he's saying is this overseer, he must be above reproach. And in relationship to his marriage, he must be a one-woman man. Does this mean that he must be married? Well, that's up. That's subject to debate. I remember I ran into that in my earlier years, and it used to frustrate me to no end because uh, you people would consider you to be mature if you were 20 years old and been married for a year or two. But if you were 25, like I was, and I wasn't married yet, they thought you were immature and you weren't qualified for positions and things. And I don't think that's quite what it means right here. If they are married, then he needs to be a one-woman man. If they're not married, that's all right. Paul says in other writings, other portions of his writings, he said, if you're not married, that's fine. Be happy with that. You'll actually be more beneficial for the kingdom. You'll be better for the kingdom. Well, I'll tell you what, we better stop right here. If I start on this next one, uh, we'll go way too long. (laughs) So we'll continue the next time. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you. I'll see you then. Goodbye.